0: You're listening to another podcast. A podcast about horror movies and scary things. You put your headphones on and enter another dimension. A dimension filled with zombies, killers, ghosts, and creatures beyond your imagination. You've crossed over into the realm of mankind's deepest fears. There's an episode up ahead. You've now arrived at Luke and Andy's nexus of nightmares. Hello and welcome... Another episode of Luke and Andy's Nexus of Nightmares, a podcast where we explore over 100 years of horror films and why we love being scared. I'm your host Luke, and with me, as always, I've got my best buddy Andy. How you doing? Hello, I'm. I'm excited that this week we're going
1: to talk about Hellraiser Revelations, <laughs> starring Adam Scott. Starring Adam Scott. You no, know, he was in he was in Hellraiser three. Wait, what? Really? Yeah, I think so. He wasn't in Re- Revelations. Revelations was the terrible one that uh, whatever production company made just to keep the license to Hellraiser. It's like seventy five uh, minutes long, and it's 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 a new Pinhead, a new actor playing Pinhead. It's really bad, yeah, gotcha. really really bad. Anyway,
0: I've only that's seen not what we're talking one, about today. But- no, we are not talking about Hellraiser. We will talk about Hellraiser, I'm sure, at some point. because Hellraiser 2 is first supposed to be pretty
1: good, too. But I don't think I've ever seen that one,
0: either. Yeah, I've only seen the first. And the first one's good. And I'm sure we'll talk about that in a, in a future episode. Um, but that's not today. No. No,
1: we are not it, talking it, about it. It has no relationship to today. No. Nope. It was just on my brain. So yep. I said
0: it. There it is. There it is. Uh, We've lost them all yeah they're gone, they're gone. They, sh- they shut it down are you still they there closed, they closed the tab yeah um today we are going to talk about what is in my opinion the best halloween horror film uh of all time i i don't know i mean maybe
1: i, d- I dare say do i dare say
0: maybe maybe it is There's a know. lot of
1: there's a lot of halloween horror films
0: yeah, uh, uh, I mean, what you've constitute? Got, I mean. You've got your Ernest Scared oh, Stupid. Yes, that's a great one.
1: That's my list. Okay. That's the whole list.
0: <laughs> and then you've got the 15 Halloween movies with Michael. Oh,
1: I. those, yeah. You're and talking about the 15, you're talking about the 15 remakes of the original idea of Halloween, not the 15 sequels, right? You're talking about the reimagining, how it's been done 15 times?
0: <laughs> I mean, both, really. Oh, but good. The movie oh, good. we are talking about, <laughs> the movie we are talking about today is Trick or Treat from 2007. Trick written or Written and directed treat. by Michael Doherty. Yes. Um, this was his directorial debut. And uh, and it never really made it to the theaters. <laughs> it never got a theatrical release, which was which is criminal, honestly. It's really interesting
1: um, when you when you watch the movie that the the quality level does not hint at a movie that was not released in the theaters. You know, yeah, it's it's, no, it's very well not done Not at all.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, I'm not I'm not sure if anybody. I mean, I'm sure. Michael Doherty and people in the production and people in Warner Brothers know, but uh, I don't think it's uh, it's ever been stated why it never got a theatrical release. There's there's kind of rumors and theories and stuff. Um, I I read a couple different ones. I mean, one of them was like, I don't know. One of them I, I thought was like that the they needed more time to finish the film and so it got pushed back. And then another one was like Warner Brothers was like concerned about how it would do because like it was supposed to be released in October of 2007. And apparently, uh, like a, I don't know, I can't remember which one it was, but one of the Saw movies was coming out that month. No, oh, one and of the 12. I think some, yeah. And something else. And I don't know if they were like Ernest concerned Caring about Stupid kind too. of... <laughs> i wish um (laughs) starring the corpse of jim (laughs) varney a reanimated jim varney uh that's the best kind um but uh and then i i was reading other things where that said like warner brothers like wasn't sure how to market a film where multiple children die (laughs) which is kind of a valid point i guess but i mean they should have known that going into it true um but it's. I mean, the movie wasn't cheap. I mean, but they, it had a twelve million dollar budget. The kids is, don't die graphically. No, and and it, I would say actually, that the children
1: dying in this movie. I would say, that, I would say <laughs> that the children deaths in this movie are, they're really not that much worse than like, like some of the things that happen in like Goosebumps or are you are you afraid of the dark? You know, like there's some pretty scary stuff in those too. But anyway,
0: yeah, I mean, actually. I didn't realize it until I was kind of like, you know, doing some research on the film. And I've seen this movie, like, I mean, I don't even know how many times. Probably, I've seen this movie probably 20 times. And um, and I didn't, I never really noticed that uh, there actually are no on-screen deaths. All yeah. deaths take place off-screen. Yep. Or or some somehow. Or obscured obscured or yeah or something um like you don't actually see anybody actually die um which is i I never picked up on before but probably it's probably one of the reasons why this is another one of those films where like oh i can show this to my kid (laughs) i can show this to my five-year-old kid like i i actually had that thought and then i'm like wait no no i can't (laughs) no i can't there's (laughs) there's decapitated heads there's there's titties and I think and there's just else? a couple know. sets, just a couple sets, <laughs> just a couple sets, <laughs> just a couple set of uh, werewolf. It's not titties. really
1: even like sexual, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, it's, I mean, I look at it as like on the one hand, it's like I look at it as like, oh, it's a pretty tame, you know, horror film, but they're actually, I mean, there's you know there's disturbing things happening i mean like like we said there's children it's a pretty fucked up movie dying you know like yeah. there's some kind of fucked up things happening i mean and then and we'll get into that later but and i it, mean and th- it's the, pretty intense at parts too the halloween school bus massacre i mean come on yeah i mean that's kind of that's fucked up you know it's yeah. not graphic or anything like that but like you know just it's thematically, a heavy scene. thematically yeah. it's kind of fucked up you know more, um
1: going back to the why it was never released I think one of the reasons it was never released is because it had ties to Brian Singer and Brian Singer is an absolute
0: fuck but that's just my opinion. Yes, Brian Singer did produce the movie. Um He did. And Doherty had well, yeah, Doherty had worked with him on X-Men 2. Yeah. He co-wrote X-Men 2 and Superman Returns, I think. Yep. Um, and so he was the one that really was kind of, I think probably responsible for helping him, helping Doherty get, you know, help, you know, get this movie made. Um. But yeah, like I said, it's not, it wasn't a cheap movie. I mean, it, it was like, I mean, the budget was 12 million. We talked uh, a couple weeks ago about, we were talking about James Wan and, you know, his movies. I mean, Saw, both Saw and Insidious, the, the first ones of those series, we're like, it was like a million bucks. Like it was a million, million yeah. dollar budget for those movies, like super cheap. Um, and this was 12 million. So it's kind of strange that, that Warner Brothers would, would sit on something like that because I don't, a- actually at that, you, you mentioned Brian Singer who has kind of re- more recently kind of fallen out, you know, it's kind of like been somewhat blacklisted almost. Yeah. Um, because he's a fuck. But at but back in two thousand, this is two thousand seven. He was pretty hot at the I time. Yeah, I mean, he was coming off of the X Men movies. Um, but you wonder too, like there were
1: there was a lot of behind the scenes stuff about him being pretty toxic on the X Men movies. Really? Um, and you wonder how much of that was like known by the studios and things, uh,
0: yeah. even at that time Maybe. that
1: he was you know that he treated his actors like shit and was just an all around
0: terrible person. Um, I wonder. I wonder how much he was really involved with trick or treat though, you know, I mean, probably not much. He's a producer, but probably just footed the, you know, footed the bill and kind of, yeah, who knows? Yeah. I don't think he was the only producer either.
1: You know, I'm sure there there (laughs) was a bunch of them. So I'm, I mean, uh, like you said, I I know, I'm I'm sure it was a lot of the fact that he's a producer was the fact that he just helped Mike Dory to get the movie made, you know? Right. Not so much that he was on set every day, you know, taking charge right. or right being an asshole. <laughs>
0: um, but I mean, so we're going to be talking about spoilers. Um, this movie's been around for for a bit now. Um, spoilers. Yeah, I mean, so it was originally supposed to come out in October two thousand seven. It ended up spoiler alert. It did not. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and then it ended up playing at its. It ended up being um, shown at its first like film festival. I think in December of two thousand seven. Good Christmas. To and you. and then over the course between December two thousand seven and October of two thousand nine, it was just kind of on the shelf. Like it would, it would periodically play at festivals but Warner Brothers wasn't doing anything else with it um it just kind of remained in limbo essentially and um but in the meantime the people that did get to see it the few people that did get to see it really started talking it up yeah. and it started getting this like kind of cult following even before it got released really i remember i was really i was aware of it and was really anxious to see it but you, there was no way to see it you know like there right. was just no way and i mean we're talking 2007
1: eight, yeah. 9 there was no internet at the time
0: <laughs> no I mean, internet
1: we were talking you were <laughs>
0: but seriously though
1: sue sue was calling you on the party line on the on the on the phone on the wall and and everybody else in the neighborhood was on it too and she was like have you heard about this trick or treat that's supposedly sitting there that Warner <laughs> Brothers hasn't released. And you were like, well, hell, I want to see that movie. But I guess I'm just going to have to wait like the rest of these
0: fools. But like, but like really though, like you, I mean, you say that jokingly, obviously, but like, but it was a completely different time. I mean, there was no, there was no streaming. Like there was no, like Netflix at that time was still like mail, mailing out disc. Like yeah. There was no streaming. There were no streaming services like that. And, and so And like the, a lot of and times
1: for those of you who are listening to this podcast in 2041 when we finally caught on. <laughs> the mail is a, is the mail doesn't even exist at, at your timeline. So I mean, what <laughs> I don't even know how to explain <laughs> that to you. You put something in a box and somebody comes and picks it up and brings you another one. And it you takes a long time. It. It's not instant. The the <laughs> point of the point of the story is it's not not instant. <laughs>
0: But yeah, it's, I mean, it's just weird. It really kind of, man, I don't know. When I, I, when I started thinking about that this week, I'm like, holy shit. Like just crazy to think how much has changed, you know, in, in, um, the entertainment industry and, you know, and just how people watch movies and how people watch TV shows. Like it's changed so much. I mean, even in in the the last last... 18 months. (laughs) And yeah, I, I mean... We can watch but, theatrical uh,
1: releases at home now. All of a sudden, yeah, right. It's crazy, crazy business.
0: So, anyways, yeah. The, the point was is that you know, had this if this was something that had happened recently, they would have had all, all, all sorts of avenues they could have. Yeah, went they just down thrown it on the streaming of, website, right? But back then they didn't have that, and so. They just kind of sat on it, which which is a shame because they had to have known like that it was a good movie. I mean, they it was getting good feedback from the festivals and other things. People were talking it up, um, and then they they had to have had a good idea. Just they themselves, the executives watching it themselves, like, oh, this has got to be a solid movie.
1: You really like, you know think I mean? those guys know what the hell they're talking about? I mean. These are the he people would, that he, went back to Ridley Scott and said, "You need to put a fucking voice a narration over this movie because nobody's going to understand what the hell's going on." <laughs> when he made yeah. Blade Runner,
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, with all the other shit you see out there, the fact that they didn't, yeah, market this at all—that they didn't try to get this out there for people to see, try to make some fucking money off it. I mean, but you that, know, that <laughs> like, lens
1: that lends that lends uh um credence to the the theory that they didn't know they they just didn't know how to market it. It yeah. was like this movie where it was like it was like kind of kiddy. I mean it, so you know we talked about it with Sleepy Hollow, but or I did. But this movie definitely has. It really does have like kind of like an earnest scared stupid hocus pocus like that. It yeah. has like a vibe yeah. of that kind of through yeah. it. And it's because it's that Halloween like kind of aesthetic um But then it's like you said, it's like, there's kids dying and there's like weird, it's like funny, but then it's like weird and gross and, and kind of vulgar. And then there's like some freaky stuff, you know, that happens. And it's like, yeah, who's this? I'm sure they were like, who is this movie for? You know, what? (laughs) we've got this now. Who is this? Who are we supposed to sell this to? And we've got to spend money to market it to somebody. And we don't know who to market it to. So we're not going to spend the money. We can take a $12 million hit, you know?
0: Yeah. But I also think, like, it was, you know, talking about it being a different time, you know, talking about 14 years ago. Like I feel like people were also, I don't know, there was less of the political correctness, kind of, like, where, you know, even just then, you know, even just 14 years ago, I feel like there was, you know, less of that where I could see... Maybe now, you know, something like that. Oh, you'd be a little hesitant about it because of, you know. I don't – But I didn't necessarily – I
1: don't necessarily mean like people would be like shocked and offended mm-hmm. that kids were dying. I think they just didn't know what, what, it, what it meant. You know what I mean? Like they didn't yeah. know how to like – Who their audience was or what – How they could sell this. Not that they were like worried that people would be like, oh my god, I can't believe they did that. But yeah. more like more like we don't really know who this pertains to people yeah. will like it i'm sure but we don't know what people and we don't know how to spend the money to target those people that's the key right
0: right but what always kind of shocks me about and it, and it happens it happens all the time but it's like these movies get greenlit <laughs> you know yeah. like, they get they they get greenlit to be made the yeah. money the money goes forth and they do their thing and it's like and then all of a sudden it's like a surprise when they like see the finished result it's like well you you should have known what you were in store for here like what is the what is the fucking surprise here like i'm sure he didn't i'm sure michael doherty didn't change like that much of the movie from like the finished script that they probably saw you know what i mean like oh i can't imagine it changed very much um so it's always that's always kind of like frustrating but at the same time i don't know interesting to see like how like these people that run these big these big fucking production companies like they don't know what the like how are like i don't know yeah i mean it's it's there's so many movies in, in all genres where you have a screenplay and you have a writer director blah 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 and all that's given the given the go ahead and then and then all of a sudden you know, they start taking issue with things and they want to change things. And it's like, well, like, you know, why was that not made clear sooner? You know? Right. And if, and if you didn't like what, what it was, why did you even fucking give it the go ahead? I don't know. It's weird. Right. Cause they but, don't understand, but I don't fucking know anything about the, the, the movie industry and how that all, how that shit all works. But anyways, um, but, but, the movie was, I mean, the movie was, you know, it, it like I said, it, it uh, got a lot of word in the mouth. And by the time, you know, 2008, 2009 rolls around, I mean, from what I've read, you know, people, you know, horror fans and stuff like that had found out about this movie despite, despite, uh, despite. Warner Brothers complete lack of marketing or anything like that right like they had found out about this movie they had heard you know the, the word of mouth that spread and um and so I mean I, I I think they're really the fans are the are are who are responsible for finally getting this released on blu-ray um in 2009 and I remember I when I found out I pre-ordered it and watched it right away of course and surprisingly like I was actually kind of underwhelmed when I first watched it um I don't know if it's just one of those things where like you've kind of been looking forward to something for so long you kind of create the movie in your head I mean
1: I've I've never known you to be excited for something (laughs) that you were then later disappointed by so this is pretty surprising (laughs) news to me
0: (laughs) but but I think it was just like you know the case of like you know you you when you're excited for something and looking forward to something for a long time, you build it up in your mind, you kind of create the movie, your version of the movie in your head. And then when you actually see the real thing, it's kind of like, it's kind of hard to accept if it's been like, you know what I mean? If it's been something that's been brewing for a while and you're, you know, you've been anticipating it for a long time. Um, But I don't know if it was like the second or third time I watched it all of a sudden it just like the
1: the 10th or 11th time I watched it. I was finally (laughs) like, like,
0: this is pretty good. (laughs) But it was like the, it was probably just the second time I watched it where I was like, Oh, Oh, this is pretty good. I like this, you know? And, and then by the third time I watched it, I was like, Oh, this is great. Like what the, what the fuck was wrong with me? And then, and then before I knew it, like both me and my wife, like it was like a a Halloween tradition, you know, for us, like we would watch it every, and we still do. We watch it every Halloween night. Um, and it's, it's one of our favorite horror movies and favorite Halloween movies. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so if, so for anybody who's listening to this, who has not seen it, I mean, obviously there's spoilers, but if you haven't seen it, so it is, it, it, it's an anthology. Essentially. Uh, get it that out of it the way. It. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and so most anthologies. Suck. So (laughs) yes, but that's not what I was going to say. But yes, Um, most anthologies are like like clearly differentiated segments. Yeah, oftentimes directed by different people, written by different people, potentially. Usually, it's Um, like a an an overall.
1: There's like a, a a thread that ties them all together. You know, a narrator that tells the stories or something, but then they're all their own independent thing. And each one is like a short film made by somebody different. Right, right. Like the Twilight, the the 1980s Twilight Zone is a great example of that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, This is not that. Um, This is not that. This is not that. (laughs) Well said. (laughs) (laughs) This is not that.
1: Mostly because there's, there's no parts of it that suck
0: right there's yeah there's, it's it's good all around and and it's um it's you know it's it's written and directed by doherty nobody else is involved um he had been working on this for years it was so this was you know a, a long time in the making um and and the other thing about it is that it it cuts back and forth a lot Right, um, between different stories, and you also will. There's a lot of time, a lot of times where you'll see characters from one segment briefly appear, right, in in uh, another segment, and so it, and it's, it's also more non- like. Oh, sorry.
1: I was just gonna say it's more like four, four and a half, intertwining stories that take place yeah. in the same town on the same night, right? More yeah. so than like an anthology of different stories. I mean right. the clo- the best you can describe it is an anthology because it is four or f- four and a half separate stories. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's they're intertwining.
0: Right, and, and my problem the way that- the,
1: I was sorry, I was just gonna say my problem with true anthologies is 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 that there's they're so uneven. They're just yeah. always so fucking uneven. There's always, like, if you've got four stories, there's always one that is just garbage. <laughs> I mean, the Twilight Zone movie, like, the Twilight Zone movie, one of the segments is directed by Steven Spielberg, and it's the worst fucking thing. It's just so... Yeah. I think... Boring.
0: I, I mean, I agree with you. It's the weakest of the stories, absolutely. Um, but I think I think what they were trying, and not to get too... Uh, off on a tangent too much but like with with that particular movie uh twilight zone and that might be one we talk about in the future too um maybe but uh it's got some other great segments yeah and uh and so most of them are actually i believe most of them are are remakes right of like yeah of episodes from the show right yeah the kid the the uh the the mind control
1: kid the
0: gremlin the Gremlin
1: on the plane, yeah. With, um, yeah, the guy that gets unstuck in time, I think is, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, that one I'm not sure about. <laughs> See, and that one's but, fucked up because Vic Morrow died while oh they were God. shooting that one, yeah, which is, which is just an awful. I mean, awful. you could do a whole podcast just on that story, which is a awful. fucking awful story,
0: yeah. that That's why, like, I think that that's why I, I think I've, <laughs> I don't know, that movie is uh, that's kind of tainted my. Ever since I found out about all that shit. Like, yeah, that's it's just, hard to watch. That's kind of tainted that movie for me. Yeah. It's, it's kind of disturbing to watch. And that was... It's I t- mean, so that segment was directed by John Landis. John actually, Landis.
1: it, Which who apparently, you know, it's kind of tainted my perception of him as well. Like he, you know, you... Because there's, you know, questions about, you know, how he handled, you know, all of the stunts and things and stuff that was happening on the set.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, I... I don't, I don't know. I mean,
1: who knows? I mean, they're, they're- I mean, I, nobody knows. Jennifer Jason Leigh is still I mean, she was Vic, she she is Vic Morrow's daughter. She's a right. famous actress too. Um, but she's she up until recently and I think maybe still has been like fighting for really? <laughs> fighting I don't know for not for money necessarily, but for you know, responsibility or fighting for better um Conditions, or I don't know, all kinds of things. It's yeah. she's
0: been doing a lot. I mean, I don't, I, all the only thing I know is it, it, it sounds like, yeah, it was some sort of stunt involving a helicopter. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, something went wrong. And, and yeah, it, it, it I think it crushed like two children. And killed them. And then I think it, like, it, killed, it killed him it fu- and one other kid. I think it fucking like decapitated him. Yeah. Which is just, I mean, fuck. I mean, I'm, so, yeah, that's, that's fucked up. Um, but yeah, that movie, I mean, that's a pretty, that's a, all that shit aside. Um, right. That's a pretty, I mean, that's a pretty solid movie. But my point was is that, that's like, that's a movie that should have been fucking shelved. I mean, to me, somebody dies and you're right. like, right. People don't need right. to see this shit. That's a little more I mean, fucking understandable. But like, um, I but my I think my whole point of that with that was, um, that uh, I while I agree Spielberg's segment is the weakest, there was like I think what they were trying to do with the movie was like kind of do a variety of different segments because yeah. twilight zone was known for doing a lot of like, it wasn't always just crazy, weird, like right. scary, bizarre shit. Like sometimes right. it was just like, you know, kind of lighter, more fantasy, yeah. ele- you know? And so I think like that was kind of the intent there. It was like, Oh, let's yeah. do a nice range of kind of things that kind of, you know, encapsulates the mood uh, of, and the intent of the, of the TV show. But I agree. Like yeah. spill is the weakest. And you got the thing. Steven it's
1: Spielberg like, who wrote and directed E.T. and
0: he writes this fucking story yeah. about old people. <laughs> I don't know. But that's the thing. It's like, that's the thing about anthologies is that because oftentimes it's just like, here's a segment, here's a segment, here's a segment. It's like clear cut begin, beginning and end for these different stories. <laughs> so when you're done, you're like, if every segment isn't equally as good, there's always this kind of sense of like, eh, you know, yeah. like you kind of either remember the worst part of it and you're like, meh, right. you know, or whatever. Like, and so this is this works better for a lot of reasons because there's really not too many weak links for one, like you said, no. But but also because of how it's edited and how the stories yes. kind of weave in and out of each other. Um, and that's
1: that's the thing about like say the Twilight Zone if they jumped from the gremlin on the plane to kick the can. Obviously that would be really weird and uneven. Yeah, that but wouldn't work. It would mean that I wasn't watching the old people reverse <laughs> age for 20 minutes. You know, I'd only see like 5 minutes and I'd see something else and then I'd go back to the old people later. That's kind of how this is, you know. It's like you only see like a segment for 10-15 minutes and they kind of cut something else for a little bit and then they go back. They do focus on on each piece for a while like when they you know what i mean like again if trick or treats four or five different segments they focus on a segment for the first quarter of the movie but they do splice other things throughout that kind of break it up a little bit
0: yeah i mean it's it's an interestingly structured film it's one that i mean so you know i talked about how i i initially watched it and was kind of a little underwhelmed, and then I quickly grew to to love it and I think one of the reasons is like every time you every time I watch it, I see something new, I kind yeah. of see like a new little detail, like even actually just when I watched it this week um, <clears throat> i I was doing research, and one of the things one of the tr- pieces of trivia I saw was like that um you can see so at the end of the movie and it's one of my it's absolutely one of my favorite moments of the of the entire movie is is when um the old man mr krieg after having gone through his whole ordeal with sam which okay we haven't even talked about sam yet we haven't talked about any any of the (laughs) things that happened in the movie i know um But my, I guess my whole point was like that. So, my favorite part of the movie is is the ending. Um, We talked about the Halloween school bus massacre earlier. Um, Yeah, I guess maybe we should kind of go through some of the story elements before we get there. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts?
1: I mean, yeah, we can (laughs) can do the the brief, the two minute rundown.
0: Do it. Go for it.
1: I was gonna say, Lord knows you can't do a two minute rundown. No, nope,
0: I can't. I can't. I can't. Do I it. did a
1: twenty minute rundown of Midnight Mass, but you know that's a seven 20 hour twenty minutes. Move. Midnight I mean, penis.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, okay, so, um, yeah, I mean, so it's all it's all story. It's different stories. All happened in the same town on Halloween night. Um, just real quick, go through them. Uh, One of them is is this this chubby kid uh, going around, stealing people's candies, smashing jack-o'-lanterns. And he ends up, you know, he's taking candy from what ends up being, like, his principal's uh, candy dish outside his house. And it ends up being that the principal is actually, like, a psycho <laughs> and is like poisoning the the candy that he t- that he's handing out for trick or treating and um, putting razor blades and shit in him and he and the kid ends up like eating up his candy while they're sitting having a conversation on on the the stoop and stoop and um <laughs> and so he starts he starts vomiting up chocolate blood blood. or whatever chocolate so, it's chocolate blood it's chocolate. It's chocolate, chocolate. So, and, and then he, blood. he buries the kid. So there, this is wh- kind of one segment. He buries the kid in the backyard, and at the same time, you get little snippets of like his next door neighbor, which is like this old guy with a dog, who's kind of like crotchety and whatever. And um, and so you kind of you kind of get intro- introduced to him, and you kind of see other things going on with him in the background that comes that comes into play later. Um. And and at the same time, so this principal kills this kills this chubby kid, buries him in the backyard. And a, while all this is going on, like the principal's son is like being really annoying, and yeah. um, talking, you know, wanting to do all these different things, talking about carving a jack o' lantern. So he takes him downstairs, and you think he's going to like kill his son, and it ends up being that like. He he's chopped off the head of this chubby, kid. <laughs> and and they're going to like make a jack o' lantern out of like his head, essentially. Yeah. Um, and uh, tell us about kind of the next story.
1: The next one. Which one's the next one? I mean, they kind of get well, intertwined. Yeah, they the get intertwined. The, but let's
0: do uh, let's do the kids with the... Oh, okay. The, the quarry. The quarry. That's a good. So, one. yeah.
1: So then the next one is this group of like... I don't know. They're teenagers. Probably 14, 15. Somewhere yeah. in there. They, uh, there's four kids um, that uh, are gathering pumpkins. They're stealing pumpkins from houses. And you don't really know why. And they... Um, they end up stopping – they're, they're, they're kind of like, well, we don't you know, – they're realizing that they're not going to have enough. So they stop by this girl's house who's kind of implied to be a little strange. Um, and she's carved like all these pumpkins, like hundreds of them. So they get the rest of the pumpkins from her and she kind of joins them. And the five of them go down to um, the quarry. And at the quarry, kind of the ringleader, blonde cheerleader girl of, of this group – tells, tells all of them what they're doing. And so apparently, you know, what was it? 40, 50 years ago or something. Uh, this, this bus full of, of, uh, special education kids, I guess, um, was, was on Halloween was, was driving and, uh, the bus driver, um, it turns out had been paid by the parents of these kids to essentially like get rid of them. Um, they had become a burden to their parents. And so the right. the parents got together and basically paid this bus driver, like a ton of money to just get rid of the bus with all the kids on it. Right. And so the, the, the flashback, there's a flashback scene and the bus driver, you know, he's going through he pulls up to the court and he's going through passing out candy to these kids. And they're all wearing these old, like creepy paper mache, like 1950s <laughs> Halloween costumes. And, and they're all chained into their seats because, you know, God forbid, they they walk around um, because in the 50s, I guess, you know, if you had no, I emotional think chained, problems or something.
0: I think he chained them to the seats so that they wouldn't be able to get right, out of the right. right.
1: But I think I, I felt like it was implied that I felt like it was implied that that was not abnormal for them to be chained up while they were on really? the bus. But maybe not. Um, so he's going through giving them candy because it's Halloween and he's checking to make sure that they're chained in. And... One of the kids realizes that they're like, you know, not where they're supposed to be. And he starts freaking out and he breaks out of the chains and he tries to get in. He tries to drive the bus to to drive it home and he ends up driving it off the quarry with the bus driver in it. So the bus driver was obviously planning on like driving it off with, you know, getting out and like sending the bus on its way. And so the bus crashes the bottom of the quarry and the bus driver gets out wheezing and coughing and, um, and the kids in the bus kind of just disappear, um, although the bus driver survives. And so they're there, the, the, the kids in the modern, the, the current timeline are there to drop these pumpkins off as like a, a way to like appease the spirits. Well, um, really what they end up doing is they go down and they end up playing a prank on this girl that they had brought along with them. To make her think that the zombies were—they—they they basically dress up as zombies and they make this girl think that the zombies, the, the kids are are real, and they kind of attack her and scare her, and she runs away screaming and crying, and then through the course of all that, lo and behold, the the real the real zombie kids appear, right? And and um so there's like this elevator to go down to the bottom of the quarry, which is where all this is taking place. And when the real zombies appear and start attacking the kids, the girl that had the pumpkins, um, who, was, who was a little strange herself, uh, actually climbs back on the elevator and just takes it up while the rest of them are kind of screaming and, and asking for her to like stop and wait for them. And she kind of right. just leaves them there. Yeah. Which, that's a good one.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. That's probably my favorite one. Um, because I just love... I mean, I love the... I love the... the- the kind of segment within the segment, you know, the flashback mm-hmm. of the the Halloween school must massacre is always, yeah, I always found that very disturbing. I was reading that, um, I was reading that, like the, that they actually use re- really like, like they use real mentally like, yeah. Ha- handicapped children for that. And apparently like yeah. they had a really good time, they, like on they this. They loved set. it. Yeah. Um, but they also like uh, the costumes were, um, inspired by like a couple of, Uh, photographers who had like taken pictures of like of like mentally challenged kids who had like made their own Halloween costumes um and so like the costumes were like kind of like inspired by real costumes made by like mentally challenged like kids which I thought was crazy crazy yeah um but um yeah so the next segment is I mean not again they kind of weave in and out but the next segment is like a uh, a group of like w- w- young women in their yeah. early twenties or something. I'm guessing, um, yeah. And they they get ho- they get slutty Halloween costumes, and then they're like looking for dates to go to this like party in the woods. Um, and out of like what is it like four four main girls, one of them is kind of like more meek and kind of like. Um, I don't know, just like not as outgoing and not as like whatever. Um, And so, there's a lot of
1: implications that she's shy and that
0: she's a virgin or whatever. A virgin, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and so the other three girls whip up quick, you know, quick dates to to come, and then she's kind of left. She kind of decides, well, I'm gonna, you guys go ahead. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll find somebody to, to take whatever. Um and so, you know, you kind of see her periodically. There's a lot a, a lot of like that story is just like small little segments. Yeah. Where you see her kind of doing different things and those are kind of intercut with other stories that are kind of going on. Um and so, anyways, it ends up with her, she's kind of walking through the forest, like heading heading to where the this party is in the woods. And she still hasn't really found anybody. Um, and then um, she comes across this guy in a, it, it, that looks kind of like um he's I don't know he's very like Victorian kind of yeah. dressed. He's got a black mask on, um, and you you at this point now in the movie you've seen him. He kind of has his own little small segments that you that he kind of appears in, where mm-hmm. it's like it appears that he's like a vampire or something. Yeah. Um, and so she comes across him in the woods and then cut to like the party with all of her friends in the woods. And this body drops down and it's, it's wrapped in her, like she's in, dressed in a little red riding hood costume and it, it's wrapped in that. And they, all the uh, people scream and they go to it cause they think it's her. And it, it ends up being the, this guy that's been like dressed up like a vampire or whatever. And, um, and then the, the, the the woman comes, comes walking up and basically what it ends up being is that they're all actually werewolves (laughs) and, um, and and the guy that dropped down that, that you had been seeing throughout the movie as this kind of like vampire character is actually the principal from one of the first segments that we talked about. Oh, <laughs> sh- surprise. Um, <laughs> and, um, and that's a, I mean, that's a fun little moment and stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so they're all, all, it's like a group of like these female vam- uh, werewolves and, um, and that's kind of like that's kind of the, the revelation, the the kind of surprise, the twist yeah. of of that kind of segment, um, and so he's uh, dead. So he's dead. So so she kills him. And basically, the whole thing was that all of like the innuendo between the girls throughout the movie about like that that seemed to be sexual it was actually more like like about like them killing like taking victims yeah. as werewolves, you know. So. Um eating people. Like, right, eating people. Um but uh yeah. So that's that one. That's that one. And then the final segment. I don't know if you want to do that one. No, I don't care.
1: That's yeah, the easiest one.
0: Yeah, that's pretty easy. The final segment basically is like an old this old man who's actually the neighbor of the principal. You've seen early, you, you see earlier in the movie. Um, he's like crotchy old guy, doesn't like Halloween, scares kids off his doorstep and takes their candy, blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, and uh, so he he starts getting like it's like there's someone outside, kind of like th- throwing eggs at his window and just different weird stuff starts kind of happening in around the house and then it's like there's something there's someone in the house and he thinks it's like somebody pulling a prank or whatever um and it ends up being the the star of the show uh Sam who is never na- st- he's never he, he's never actually called or referred to as Sam right uh in the movie but he's like He's like a, I don't know, what seven, eight. He looks like about a seven or eight year old kid. Yeah, Um, in like a onesie with a burlap mask. (laughs) Yeah, he's in like a foot, like in footed felt pajamas. Yep, and like a burlap mask over his head. Yep, and he's he's seen all throughout the movie um, Mm -hmm. from the very beginning, and um, basically, it's never like. It's never explicitly said, but essentially he is like the he's kind of like the spirit of Halloween. Right. Um and he's kind of like the enforcer of the rules. Right. of of Halloween. Um and so uh you know at this point, this old man is kind of like stolen candy, done different, done some other different things that apparently to Sam was <laughs> a fucking no, no. And like, yeah, so he targets this old man and puts him through some shit. Uh, and you actually so you've kind of seen Sam kind of periodically throughout the, the movie. And then you he's unmasked at the toward the end of this segment. And he's kind of like this pumpkin-headed, like little yeah. demon <laughs> child, yeah. uh, which is pretty great. I love, I love the design of, like, I love the design of like him with his mask on. But I like yeah. the, the way he looks without his mask on too. It's one of those things where it's like he's got such a great iconic design, you know, as as is. But then. When you, like, sometimes stuff like that, if, oh, when you unmask them, it's kind of, like, disappointing. But I actually, yeah. like, I think he looks really cool unmasked as well, you know? And they don't yeah. show him too much unmasked, I like guess. No. Um, but basically, it, it comes down to he's about to kill this old man in his house. And as he goes to, like, stab him with this, like, broken piece of, like, a sucker, like a lollipop... Um, he stab he happens to stab down on like like a loose like candy that had fallen in the guy's lap, and and so like that was kind of like okay, he 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 doesn't kill the guy because it was like the guy gave him candy, which is one of like the right. rules of Halloween. So then he like he basically like lets the guy live and leaves. Um, and then my favorite part of the movie. So at that point now at the very end of that segment after sam leaves um you you re, you come to realize like they show him like burning photographs these old photographs in the fire and you realize that he is he's actually the bus driver from the uh halloween school bus massacre segment and that's why he hates halloween and that's why you know all all this other stuff and and um and so then it shows kind of like later that night and he he I think he gets some other trick or treaters at the door and then he like yeah. he goes to like go he goes to sit back down and the doorbell rings again and he opens it back up and it's the it's like the zombie zombie kids from the school bus and they're all like there like at his doorstep yeah. and the and it like and zooms in over. on like the what is like kind of has been like the main kid yeah. In in that segment which is, he has like this old kind of Dracula mask on and and he says trick or treat and then I just love like the fucking reaction shot of the the guy playing the old man. Um, Brian Cox, baby. Brian, Sweet baby Brian Cox. Manhunter himself. A, what's that? Manhunter himself. Manhunter, that's right. Wasn't he in Manhunter? Yeah, he played Hannibal Lecter, that's right. Yeah, he played Hannibal Lecter. He play, he was the first actor to play Hannibal Lecter before yeah. uh before Sweet Baby Anthony Hopkins, yeah. <laughs> um, but I just love like that reaction shot, and like that that like gives me like goosebumps every time. It's good. Um, and he and yeah, so just then it just like cuts to him, and he's just like his eyes are all water, and he, and he's kind of like wheezing, and then it just like cuts to the credits, and
1: that's uh, great. Down, doom, doom, down, 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 It's just. <laughs> the cre- the cre- the opening credits and the ending credits in that show are pretty great. They a lot of ring, like ring cart- Yeah, sin, cartoons sin. and yeah, the song I com- was singing I just completely made up. I had no idea what Yeah, I was song like was. I was
0: like that doesn't that's not what it sounded like.
1: The only music I know from this movie is Cry Little Sister. <laughs> what part is that
0: that when does that play?
1: There's a part where um so the 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 meek Hum, quiet. The meek, quiet werewolf woman is played by Anna Paquin, who is fantastic. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of hers. I don't, I don't know why. I think it's because I feel like she's like she's one of those actresses that's like up for anything. Like I like it when actors and actresses are just like you'll see them in like just anything. You know what I mean? And not in a bad way. Not in like a like this person needs a job so they're just doing it. But just like. Somebody who likes to be in weird shit, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's how she is. She just likes to kind of, like, she's cool with being in weird shit and doesn't bother her. Yeah. And she's also kind of, like, unique. Like, she's unique looking and kind of different. She's not just, like, a typical, Yeah, she's kind of one of those actresses that just blends in with everything.
0: Yeah, she has, like, a unique face. She's got the gapped gapped tooth and she's kind of... She's got the
1: stray hand teeth and the... (laughs) The what <laughs> Michael Stray. Michael Strahan teeth and the... <laughs>
0: <laughs> who is Michael that name sounds familiar, but I can't picture his face. My, who's a Michael Strahan He's a football player. He's an old football player. Old football player.
1: Uh, oh I'm thinking not, of, we don't, I'm, we don't thinking of
0: I'm thinking of David there's a David Strayheron? What there's the an fuck actor, are you talking David... about? <laughs> there's a there's an actor David straight hair or straight hair yeah, something like him. you know what I'm talking about yeah, fuck you I'm uh, not um, talking about his teeth though <laughs> he's got but, a, yeah. he's got fine teeth um that's why um, I was confused I'm like what he's got some crazy teeth or what's happening?
1: I don't even remember my point now,
0: yeah, that'll happen,
1: but anna Paquin she's she's in the movie she's good mm
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: oh cry little sister. <laughs> She's talking, Anna Paquin is talking on the phone to her older sister, played by uh, someone I don't know. Yeah. And um, and her older sister is at the bonfire. So all, all of the werewolf shenanigans go down at this bonfire. And her older sister's already there. And she's talking to Anna Paquin like, you need to find your date and get over here, yada, yada, yada. In the background of the bonfire, "Cry Little Sister" is playing. And if you're nice. if you're not familiar with "Cry Little Sister," it is like it is it is it parenthetically it is the theme from the Lost Boys. <laughs> "Cry Little Sister" parentheses the theme from the Lost Boys by G. Tom Mack. G. Tom Mack. And it is one of the greatest. It is one of the greatest songs ever written. And it was recently covered by <laughs> churches. So nice. Who speaking also just of, recently did some remixes of some John Carpenter songs and John Carpenter did some remixes of Church's songs. So Church right. has been getting down on some horror music
0: lately. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of um speaking of like, you know, the, the cast and the actors and stuff, um yes. the, the guy that the actor that plays the principal um is is fantastic. Um
1: He's a, he's a close family friend.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, that's right. Uh, what? Yeah. What's the uh, What's the story behind that? So wait. What's uh, What's the Dylan icon? Baker? Dylan Baker is the actor's yeah. name. He's Dylan been in, Baker. He's been in a lot of stuff over there, the years.
1: He has. There's a picture of him on my fridge. Um and that is because That is because uh one of the movies we will never talk about on the show because not a horror movie. Um, but one <laughs> of the movies it? that would be good to talk about in the next few months, uh Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, my wife Allie, was actually in that movie as a baby. Yep. In a scene with Dylan with Baker, Steve Martin, and John Candy. So a, that
0: that's a fantastic trio.
1: It is a fantastic tree. Of actors. I'm, I'm incredibly jealous.
0: <laughs> and then knowing and that, of course, I'm sure John Hughes was... I'm sure John was, Hughes probably held her at some point, too. Who knows? He was somewhere um, in the vicinity of... of yeah, I mean, I'm he was sure, directing it, but yeah. Of that um, scene being shot. <laughs> yeah, because they, they shot that in Braidwood, right? Yeah. Braidwood, Illinois. Yeah. Nice.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. Dylan Baker is... Yeah, Dylan uh, Anytime Baker's I great. see anything with Dylan Baker in it... it Rings, it makes me makes me think about that, and it's it's a, it's Tears a good of joy to my eyes. I, I think I said on this podcast before. My wife doesn't like horror movies, but having Dylan Baker in it is a good way to kind of like nudge her. Like, hey, yeah, right? He played her dad. Technically, Dylan Baker played my wife's dad, so it's like, <laughs> hey, your, your dad's in this movie, that's and cool. maybe she'll watch it. That's crazy. He's never stopped by the house. I don't. I'm a little upset that uh, yeah, he's never tried to get in contact, but.
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, shit someday someday maybe
1: but he's great in this he's a he's a fantastic i feel like it's a it's derogatory to say character actor but like he's no. a great character no. actor yeah he's no, absolutely. F- like fantastic like he's not a leading man but he's he's so good like you put him in anything and like, honestly yeah i mean great. like the
0: the char- character actors are like i mean they can be like you know some of the best like some of the best i mean yeah um I'm william h macy yeah he's more i mean i would maybe he's a leading he man a lot of times but he's a little he's bit more also, of a leading man um you've seen his face right <laughs> i like uh i always thought uh well and he's probably been kind of a maybe well, maybe not a leading man but like i love jk simmons oh yeah uh, richard jenkins another great character actor richard jenkins is fantastic um, but, yeah, like people like that. And, and actually, I mean, you could probably constitute like someone like Brian Cox as is, is kind of a, a character actor as well.
1: Um, I mean, yeah.
0: There's I mean, a, people, go,
1: people go back and forth. I mean, you got guys
0: like, you know, Philip Seymour
1: Hoffman was a character actor for a long period. And then he became yeah. a leading man. I mean, he right. was a fantastic actor. Yeah. Just watch uh, Twister. I mean, my God.
0: <laughs> uh, it's hard to not. It's hard to pull my focus away from, from Bill Paxton. Let's talk about my other favorite <laughs> actor that's in this movie. <laughs> Bill Paxton.
1: God
0: Let's talk about my his other soul. favorite
1: God Russ. I can't believe he's dead. And that's like, crazy. I kind of forget. That's a that fucking too. bummer.
0: Yeah, that sucks.
1: Um my other favorite actor that's in this movie, he's only got one he's only got one credit to his name that I really care about. But that's Brett Kelly. Ah. And if you don't know who that is, he was yep. the fucking kid from Bad Santa, yep. who was just the most ridiculous, annoying, hilarious character I think ever written in the history of Christmas movies.
0: <laughs> I know I love. I was just talking to my wife about that when when we watched it this week. I was like, "Holy shit!" I mean, I had known that that was the same actor, but I was like, yeah. "That's so great that like he's in this. He's in one of the best like." christmas movies and one of the yeah. best halloween movies you know what i mean like
1: yeah so good like when you're gonna be like i need to watch an r-rated not an r-rated horror movie because that's easy to come by but an r-rated halloween movie yeah like trick-or-treats the one you're gonna put in you're gonna see brett kelly when you're like i need to see an r-rated christmas movie <laughs> bad Santa's the one you're gonna put in and you're gonna see brett kelly yeah
0: yeah there, uh, on the on the flip side of that yeah there aren't as, as many r-rated uh Christmas movies. There are not, yeah. But um, but I, I fucking love Bad Santa. You got to be in oh, the right mood for Bad
1: Santa. He's so funny in Bad Santa. He's but that so movie funny. Is fucking great. My favorite scene in the entire world. Almost in any Christmas movie is when he cuts his hand upstairs, and he's just like, the wooden "Ow, pickle. ow!" I just keep screaming, "Ow!" And, and Billy Bob Thornton's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" And he just keeps going, "Ow, ow!" and he's just running downstairs to the sink. He's just screaming, "Ow!" over and over again.
0: Just just, hand, so, just drenched in blood. Just, just drenched in blood. Carving a wooden pickle for him for a Christmas carving gift. Oh my wooden god. Pickle.
1: Why'd you paint it brown? It's not brown, that's my blood. Oh my God. Uh,
0: <laughs> so good. Yeah, that's classic. Anyway. Um But that's that's
1: I mean, between yeah, Brian so, Cox, Anna Paquin, Dylan Baker, Brett Kelly, um, I mean, there's not really a ton of other actors that are super recognizable in the movie itself. No, Leslie it's, Bibb.
0: A, it's a good mix of, it's a good mix of like fresh faces. Yeah. And, you know, a couple of like a more, like you said, a more, more established kind of character actors. Um, and then someone who was at the time, you know, probably pretty popular. Anna Paquin. Um, coming I mean, she still like is, the X-Men, X-Men yeah. movies. And I don't know if uh, true blood was out yet at that point or not, but I don't know. I don't um, know. Trueblood might have come uh, after that I'm not sure
1: the other the other casting choice that I that I always find interesting and it's it's weird it's a weird thing to find interesting but Sam is played by a kid mm-hmm. Sam is actually played by a child actor at the time named Quinn Lord yeah which you would think you know based on Hollywood for the past 30 years before that, you would think that they would have gotten a little person to do that, which would, would have been fine. I mean, there's plenty of, there's plenty of, you know, plenty of uh, movies that, that have little people in, in roles like that. And, and it's usually great, good. I mean, I freaking love everybody loves Warwick Davis and he's done all kinds of amazing stuff. Um, but when you get somebody with a small stature, that's usually the way you go. Um, but they they actually put a kid in that costume, yeah, which is interesting and i
0: I like it because it feels like a kid. you yeah. know it
1: feels like a child. Yeah,
0: I, I think the stature would be would just look and feel different like it it would feel different.
1: it would yeah. it, it would be it would have been fine, but it wouldn't it wouldn't give you that 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 as much of a semblance of like a child yeah. like it feels like a kid, you know yeah. in a costume. The whole time and that's one of the things i think is really subtle but i i really appreciate it because they could have got like they could have just as easily been like let's get somebody in here who's an adult who knows what the hell they're doing you know because that's yeah. that's why you cast a little person because they're an adult and they know what they're doing and they they know the craft and they're not just a kid who's going to be like this is their first time in full makeup or something um but they they pulled it off really well and it was really yeah. good yeah
0: I think there's a lot of and, and there's a lot of um, I don't know. There's just several scenes where like you see where just like the the movement of him yeah. and the just the way that he performs certain actions. Yeah, like I don't know. It's, it's like a just, kid. Yeah. Well, and there's just something to it. Like there's it's it it uh, it has. Yeah, it has character to it. Like there's just yeah. there's it's very it's subtle little things, but like a- after having watched the movie so many times, like you you pick up on a lot of them and just like I I I really I mean, I agree. I really appreciate kind of like the those little um mannerisms and 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 just the way that he, you know, certain actions like perfect example, something as simple as like so in in one of the first segments when the the principal has has poisoned the chubby kid and taken him away, and then you have the the three uh, three of the other kids who are part of the um, the quarry segment. They come they come to his door trick or treating, and he's got like blood all over him from <laughs> from the vomit right. of the of the kid the chubby kid that he just poisoned, and they think it's like they scream at first, and then they. They think it's, you know, just, like, part of his costume or whatever. Anyways, he gives them candy. They leave. And then as the one kid leaves, Sam's just, like, stand, standing yes. there, like, behind him. And and he's like, oh, did you get a piece yet? And and then just, like, the way that, like, Sam, like, takes the piece of candy, like, out of, like, out of, like, the, the bucket of, like, you know, of candy. I don't know. Just, like, just little things like that. Like, I don't know. It's, like, slight little, like actions and mannerisms that i i really enjoy yeah um but um and yeah i mean the 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 character is just like is so iconic you know just so instantly iconic and that's something that like um you know some of the best most memorable horror films have they have those iconic kind of villains you know like you know like gabriel (laughs) gabriel (laughs) You got you know Leatherface, uh, you know Michael Myers, uh, Jason, Pinhead, Pinhead, Freddy Krueger, you know just like but I'm all about the Pinhead lately. (laughs) But you know you you kind of so that's like 70s, 80s, but the 90s just I don't know. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Wishmaster, (laughs) yeah. The nineties just didn't have Nobody the nineties
1: Wishmaster.
0: <laughs> the nineties and going for going forward kind of after that, there just weren't as many of those iconic kind of yeah. uh horror villains. Pretty much
1: just Wishmaster and Sutter Kane.
0: <laughs> Sutter Kane.
1: Do you read Sutter
0: Kane? <laughs> I do. Oh God. He does good work. He does good um, work. <laughs> um but yeah, so it it's so refreshing to see it's so cool to see like a a character like that appear in a movie um you know like this where you know just doesn't have a ton of big names and 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 then you've got like this at the center of it all kind of like in and out of the you know in and out of like the different segments you have this this character that is um just unique in in that it's it's kind of like it borders on cute and creepy yeah <laughs> and it's like the perfect kind of balance of that where it's like i think it it really kind of like um i don't know it it i think it interests people it draws people's attention and it's like oh it's just there's something about it that kind of like you know i don't know i think it, that that's
1: why i said earlier i think that's why it rides that line of like that yeah. hocus pocus, yeah. Uh, um, Ernest scared stupid, like right. That kind of like Disney horror type vibe, because it, the aesthetics of the movie are all, for the most part, the 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 creatures and things like that are all kind of tame. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's nothing that's overly scary looking even even the werewolves you never really the werewolves really themselves just look like big dogs you know yeah.
0: i, I do like the werewolf segment i think that's they look really cool and they're not cgi they're like yeah they're werewolves like cool. are are uh are very hard to do on film um you, you know you've got you know, stuff like American War from London with, you know, Rick Baker, and you've got the howling. Like
1: a, you've got the bear suit from Silver Bullet.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean. Just,
1: just the guy in the fucking bear suit that comes barreling <laughs> through the wall. Fucking, <laughs>
0: fucking Kool-Aid fucking, man. style. Corey, Hay- <laughs>
1: Corey trying to shoot it with a fucking magnum. <laughs> <And then> Gary,
0: <laughs> Gary Busey just drunk off his ass. We're just all over the place here. We are talking about the classic film Silver Bullet at this point. If, um, if you're just checking in with us, we are talking about <laughs> the
1: 1980 made-for-TV movie Silver Bullet. I know it wasn't made for TV, made for but TV it felt movie.
0: that way. Hey, I like Silver Bullet. They, they put a bullet? lot of they put a lot
1: of uh, fade to black pauses in there for commercial breaks. If they weren't making it for TV, <laughs> <laughs> no, I like Silver Bullet too. Silver but Bullet's yeah. great until you see the werewolf. But again, that points to the whole power of seeing the werewolf. Yeah. Werewolves are hard to do. A lot of these yeah. movie, werewolf movies are great until you see the werewolf and then you're like, well,
0: yeah. fuck it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the transformation scenes are great in something like American Werewolf in London, but even the werewolf itself is, yeah. I don't love, you know. I don't love the way the, the full-on werewolf looks in American Werewolf in London.
1: And joining us now, live via telephone, Rick Baker.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> We've got uh, our first
1: guest ever, and he's he's a surprise. And, and I've, Which, just, I've, I've, I've just I've called him in every work. week, waiting for you to say about it, uh, say that you didn't like how the werewolf looked.
0: American uh, one, shit.
1: Let me put it this way i like the I like the werewolf in American Werewolf in Paris better than the oh, one God. American werewolf
0: <laughs> I like this uh, the CGI mole rat in
1: <laughs> in
0: American werewolf in Paris. Um but um but yeah no I love the and not to and I'll let you get back on your topic here but uh the werewolves My topic yes, I well you were talking about the werewolves. Um oh. but I do like the way that they do the werewolves here. I think it's kind of unique and different and there's very little I mean in the whole entire movie there's very very little CGI. Um, yeah. but yeah in this one like basically they like the the women like peel their skin off like yeah and it's like and they're like pretty cool looking hairy werewolves underneath and they have like you know there's like an animatronic kind of like werewolf head and you know they don't linger on it too too much but they do a good job with it i think yeah and it kind of a unique a unique take on it um but what were you saying about what what else were you saying about the werewolves
1: there are some in this movie. Yes, I was. I think I was saying out. You know, between Sam and like uh, yeah. the 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 zombies, and um and like the and then you know the principal's obviously just kind of like a guy. Right. Um, there's you know outside of the werewolves themselves, where they're kind of big and grizzly looking. There's not a lot of like, there's not like a lot of creature effects or anything that are like truly like. There's no Freddy Krueger or Pinhead that you're going to see on screen and be like, oh, fuck, I got to turn this off. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like when people saw some of those characters for the first time, they're just like, oh, gee, like their eyes bled. You know (laughs) what I mean? Because they were just (laughs) creepy looking. Um, And I think that lends itself to that aesthetic of like this. It doesn't feel this doesn't feel like a big, heavy horror movie. It feels, you know, and it's and not only that, but it's comedic. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it is played. A lot of it's played for comedy. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so it's it definitely has that vibe of like, I mean it it definitely has that vibe of almost like a Disney, like Halloween movie or like a you know, you know just kind of that feel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I mean, I don't even think it was as scary as Monster House.
0: Monster House. Well, yeah, Monster House is kind of fucked up. Oh, it's a actually, movie though. Actually, funny that you mentioned Monster House because the the guy the composer the that did this score for Monster House did the score for uh, Trick or Treat nice and I, I'm a big fan of the the music in this movie they're um, good they're both it's, good uh, yeah Doug Douglas Douglas Pipes pipes Douglas Pipes <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: now I'm picturing like the fucking Phantom of the Opera just nice. on his
0: organ just do little 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 but yeah, I was reading that at, at one point the score was going to be synthesized due to uh, budget budget constraints and yeah, and they're going to do
1: the old the pull the old legend tangerine dream trick.
0: <laughs> but but uh, the director Michael Doherty fought to have them do a full orchestral score. And yeah, he, he was. It he, would have
1: definitely felt like more of a, like a TV movie. Yeah, yeah. Lower budget. Not. I mean, we love synth.
0: Right, but it
1: it definitely it can definitely also if it's not done well feel low budget.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a quote that I read from from Doherty about it, and he said a lot of today's scores tend to be just random shifting tones and electronic droning. Yeah, and and modern horror music tends to be forgetful hodgepodge of white noise and loud strings without a single note that evokes a moment or character from the film, and so like. Absolutely True. with this one with you know with Trick or Treat, you know, there's a there's a great kind of, you know, childlike uh kind of theme. Uh almost like a um I don't know what's the word? Um uh, Motif. It's almost like a like a children's like rhyme song or something, you know, like there's almost yeah. kinda of like this like creepy kind one, of one two Freddy's
1: coming for you. Yeah, three, there's al- there's kind of that element to it.
0: Um but it's great. It's and it's five it, six. Pick pick up your dick. <laughs> I don't know. Um, pick up your dick. But um, I don't know what that means. Because <laughs> <laughs> Freddie just he cut it off. Oh oh. <clears throat> um, but uh, but yeah, I'm a big fan of the of the score, and um, it's got a nice nice range to it. Um, Got a nice ring to it. Nice ring. Um, Ring
1: Ring-a-ding-ding.
0: Ring-a-ding-ding-dong-ding. But actually, so one of the other things that I didn't kind of pick up on until, you know, recently was um, that, so the whole, you know, the whole movie takes place, Halloween night, same town, different characters, blah, 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 different stories. And so that's what's happening Um, oh that's what this that's what this is i get it i get it now i get it um but but one of the things that is kind of less like you don't really pick up on it i guess right away is that like it kind of like covers the halloween experience from like all these different age groups right which i think is kind of cool like you have like like you you have you kind of see there's like elements of the stories that are from like a, a smaller child's perspective and then you have mm-hmm. like more like you know early teens and then you have like the mid 20s where it's all about like you know dr- getting drunk dr- and having sex yeah yeah getting drunk having sex dressing slutty blah 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 and then you have like and Who we knows haven't really ta- have? <laughs> we haven't really talked about that but like the first segment in the movie is the shortest and yeah. That's um, why I kept saying four and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And, and that actually kind of like, ties in with the end, kind of the the way that the where the movie ends, um, but um, and and that's like a couple that are probably in their I don't know thirties maybe I would say yeah. early thirties or something like that, and they're kind of coming back from a party, and um, it's kind of it's like it's not quite. It's like yeah, it's it's kind of the young people. It's kind of more like slightly yeah. middle aged, like Halloween.
1: Like they were celebrating Halloween, but then they were also kind of done with
0: it when they yeah, were getting home. Right, right. And so you have that element of it, and then of course you have the old man who like is like living alone and doesn't like Halloween, doesn't give a shit. Yeah. And so I, I kind of like that. You kind of have the experience of Halloween from different kind of age groups throughout the movie, kind of. Yeah. Um but uh but yeah. I never met
1: any werewolves in my twenties that were looking <laughs> to eat people, but
0: well, you know, there's still time. I, I guess mean I not, lived. Not, not for you in your twenties. That's that's over.
1: I'm fast forwarding to the old man that people ring my door <laughs> and I'm just like
0: fuck <laughs> out of here.
1: I'm like I'm like peeping through the 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 fence at my neighbor's like what are you doing back there (laughs) what do you got down there dead bodies (laughs) so so in that scene he's got at the very beginning when the principal kills uh the kid from bad santa (laughs) he's like burying him in the backyard and the kid like wakes up
0: i think it's another kid that wakes up oh maybe because I, I, um, yeah because there's like another body in this like yeah there's another rave. body somebody and, wakes up and it's somebody in a fucking clown costume and it's fucking creepy yeah
1: and he starts so he starts like kicking him, and it was it was actually a it's actually a full grown there was a stunt person like down there in the bag that was doing all that stunt work where he was like kicking on him and stuff good times that'd be oh, a fun that, oh, job oh that's it
0: <laughs> Huh? <coughs> I said, "Oh, that's it. That's I thought it. there was going to be more to that story. I you ruined like,
1: it because because I thought it was the same kid. I was like settling in. for I that. thought the story was going to be, and I, I this is what I thought I read was that the the kid, the kid who he killed, the fat kid, was like down there making the noises, and there was a stunt person in the bag or something, but." Um, when you said it wasn't the same kid, then I got confused and then I just got scared. <laughs> and now I can never watch this movie again. Uh, Where am I? Where am I? Oh I like, I like. there's a lot of little, so for one thing with this movie that I, love, one of the things that I like, so I've only seen this, I haven't seen this movie a thousand times like you. You said Because I have fucking better things to do. No, you but, don't. No, 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 you don't. We talked for two hours about Midnight Mass last weekend and how I watched it twice, so I'm sure I don't have better things to no, do. But no. um I've only seen this movie maybe three or four times now, but one of the things that I like about it is it's just homage after homage, homage after homage to yeah. like the greats of horror. Like... Anna Paquin's character, character's name is Lori after Lori Strode. Right. Um Brian Cox's character, Mr. Krieg. I can't remember if it was Mike Doherty or if it was Brian Cox's idea, but they were basically like, let's just make you look as much yeah. like John Carpenter as we can. Yeah. So, so yeah. Brian Cox is basically suppo- is like a spoof of John Carpenter in right. this movie. Yeah. I think then, I, I like think a, I
0: read that it was Brian Cox's idea, actually. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and then he's got, a line, like,
0: he's got a line in that segment where where I think I don't know I think it's when you see like uh Sam's like disembodied hand like walking across the floor and he's like, you Yeah, you're yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. kidding me which yep. is a line from the thing.
1: From, from the thing, yeah. And the and uh and, and then, like I said, you've got Cry Little Sister, which actually that takes that the whole – so one of the – we are going to do an episode. So if this podcast ends next week, we will have done an episode of The Lost Boys because I will make <laughs> sure that it happens no matter what. Um, but there's a, there's a scene in The Lost Boys. One of the most disturbing scenes in The Lost Boys is like this massacre around this giant bonfire. Um, so the bonfire scene with the werewolves in Trick or Treat is – may or may not be an homage to that as well. Um, But the fact that they play cry a little sister in there kind of makes it seem like probably it is. And there's a lot of other things. Um, And, but then there's also little details like from, from scene to scene and, 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 and stuff like at the beginning, Sam, like you mentioned the scene where Sam takes a piece of candy from the principal's house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, he, when he's in Krieg's house later, he bites it and there's a razor blade inside and he uses that to attack. Yeah. Mr. Krieg. Right. What you don't real, well, well, you, what you may or may not realize, but what's, a, which is a detail is the fact that that razor blade is in there because the principal stuck it in there. Right. He, right. He sabotages the candy and now Sam's using it as a weapon. Cause it's got, right. cause he knew there was a razor blade in there essentially. Exactly. Um, so there's just a lot of little things like that, that like, you know, like you said on, on multiple watches, you kind of like, yeah, together and stuff and there's just a lot of you know if you're a horror movie fan there's a lot of cool like little nods and subtle things yeah. to to a lot of that stuff and it's it makes it fun yeah and the best part the best part of all is this movie's like 80 fucking minutes long <laughs> and so it's super easy to just be like i'm gonna watch it
0: yeah just exactly. watch it yeah yeah because we're because we are old and and when you look at him and when you look at god see damn that, right see that any movie is like two hours you're like oh, god damn it yeah
1: god damn it i don't know what it is about those extra like 20 30 yeah, minutes it's huge but
0: it's huge like an hour if a movie is like an hour and 40 minutes i'm like okay cool 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 and then if it's yeah. like two hours i'm like no fuck you i'm done I'm if out. it's
1: like an hour and 50 i'm like okay i guess i'm getting my money's worth but beyond <laughs> that i'm just like oh my god i'm gonna be asleep
0: <laughs> yeah um I'm trying to think if there are some other uh, other little details. I mean, I, I know there are. Um, but like you said, like, yeah, there's a lot of homages. But what's, what's great is that it's still like pretty original. Like a lot of it is, is still oh, yeah. like, original and unique takes on, you know, kind of horror and, and just stories in general. But he's not pulling like storylines or like anything huge. Where yeah, you're like, oh, that's obvious. It's, it's not like he's just like aping a bunch of other like more successful, no. popular things. Um, no. But you can tell that yeah, he's a fan of horror and and you know it's cool to to see little details added like that. Um, yeah. But uh,
1: especially with my father-in-law in it. <laughs> Uh, db hit me up, baby i miss you db <laughs> i missed you
0: <laughs> uh, shit. thanksgiving's
1: um, in a month man get vaccinated come over
0: <laughs> um i'm trying to think of uh i'm trying to think of some other uh, some other stuff here that we can talk about um yeah i don't know um I I, mean, get I, I I just I, I like I like pretty much everything about this movie. I mean, I think it uh I think it's it's aged really well and um it, I I love it just as much as I, you know, I did after my the, my first couple of viewings and um yeah. and and it's one that's like, you know, it's fun. It's a it's a good movie to watch like um early on during like the Halloween season, but it's yeah. also a movie like to kind of get you in the mood. Um Oh yeah. But feeling it's randy. also <laughs> feeling randy. um But it's also a movie that, like, I absolutely like have to watch Halloween night. Like, there's just a different energy watching that movie on Halloween night versus any other night. Like, you know, during the Halloween season. Like, I don't yeah. know. It, it, it's see, it's, it's magical.
1: I'm too busy watching Hubie Halloween every year. Hubie Halloween, trick or treat!
0: <laughs> oh my god. Um, Hubie Halloween, but uh, yeah. Uh, so I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think that's uh, that kind of wraps things up. I mean, with, a short side episode for a short side movie—that's all right. Yeah. Basically, this right now, this podcast is exactly right now. I mean, literally, this—it's—it's exactly the length of the movie, 80, yes. 80, 82 minutes, an hour and twenty-two yeah. minutes. Here we are. So let's end it. Here we it's are. Perfect. It's perfect. Let's end it. So, uh, thanks for listening. Oh, I did have something else to say. You son of a bitch, don't ruin this. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll scare you later. See ya.